We worship our God, and also as we pray unto our God, we acknowledge that our help is in the name of the Lord who has made the heaven and the earth. And he welcomes you this evening with these words. Grace, mercy, and peace be granted unto you from God the Father and from Jesus Christ our Lord, through the operation of the Holy Spirit. Amen. service of the word, we turn this evening to consider a portion of scripture that we find in James 5. We'll be looking at James 5, verses 16, 17, and 18, uh, but we'll be reading a bit more of the passage for context's sake. And so we'll begin on James 5, verse 7, and you can find that in your pew Bible on page 1,389. So people of God, hear now the reading of the word of God, beginning at James 5, verse 7. Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed to endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. But above all, my brethren, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no, no, lest you fall into judgment. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. And then the three verses especially that we consider this evening. Confess your trespasses to one another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Let us then pause with a word of prayer to ask the Lord's blessing upon our reading of Scripture. Father, we humbly ask that this evening you would open up your word through the expounding of it, and at the same time that you would open up our hearts by the work of the Holy Spirit, that we might come to understand your word and receive it as your word. And so we pray that you would make the book live to us, uh, that we might live a healthy prayer life. We ask this for Jesus' sake. Amen. A congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have the opportunity to gather together as a congregation this evening, especially for the holy activity of prayer. Uh, And it's my intention then this evening for all of us, but especially for the children and the young people uh, that also gather with us. Because if you have the opportunity, uh, sometime throughout the service, to just cast a glance backwards, you'll notice uh, a sea of teal shirts. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how many there are uh, back there, maybe 30. And so we have a quite remarkable opportunity, an opportunity that I don't think we ought to 
uh, allowances slip past us, to give a brief word of biblical instruction to uh, 30 or so uh, high schoolers on the holy activity of prayer. And if you scan uh, the congregation gathered here, you'll notice that there are uh, even younger children. And my pastoral passion this evening is that we might have a simple word of instruction and a simple word of encouragement for them to pray. I've also found it in my own spiritual journey that simple words addressed to children and to young people oftentimes accomplish much even among those more mature Christians. And so while the primary purpose is to instruct and to encourage the younger part of the congregation to the holy activity of prayer, it's also certainly my goal that all of us might be encouraged to pray fervently. Uh, not just today and not just in the month of March as preparations are being made to commit a crop into the ground in expectation that the Lord's providence will bless that crop, uh, but all the days of our lives, uh, that we might be those who are faithful in the exercise of prayer. And so this evening I want to draw your attention briefly to James 5, verse 16 through 18, considering the prayer of a righteous man. Uh, and I debated whether or not to use man uh, perhaps I thought maybe I should update it and become somewhat more with it uh, concerning the times and, and make it the prayer of a, a righteous person. But then I thought, well, uh, let's always stick with the text. Uh, and so you'll notice that it's very simply stated there, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. But we use man uh, in the generic sense, and we certainly include uh, women uh, and also uh, girls as well as boys and men. As we consider the prayer of a righteous man, we'll notice, first of all, the prelude to the prayer, and then secondly, the act of the prayer, and then thirdly, the result of the prayer. So we're considering this evening uh, the prayer of a righteous man, the prelude, and then the act, and then the result of that prayer. I wrestled with this word prelude, and I thought to myself, is this the right word that I want to use for what we find there in verse 16? Confess your trespasses to one another. Uh, so I went to uh, the dictionary and I looked up prelude, and among other meanings, it has the meaning of something that comes before a more important event or action and introduces or prepares for it. Now in the Christian life, uh, overall, we would not say that prayer is more important than confession of sins or of repentance. Certainly confession and repentance is essential to the Christian life. Uh, but when we're going to pray, uh, certainly confession of our sins is an important prelude in the sense that it itself prepares us for prayer. So when you read James 5 verse 16, you might be tempted to think, well, what is the connection between confessing our sins and praying? Well, the connection is this. Both are the spiritual activities of the Christian. You might say that they go together in the life of the Christian, or at least they ought to go together. Well, that then confronts us with the question, what exactly does it mean to confess your trespasses? Uh, the idea of confession, very simply, the word that is used, confess, means to say the same thing or to agree with something. And so what we have, congregation, is that the Word of God comes to us and it evaluates our person. It evaluates us in a spiritual relationship. It evaluates, it measures our thoughts, our actions, our words, even the inclinations of our very heart. 
And as it evaluates those thoughts, those actions, and those words, it comes and it reveals God's moral standard. And it says, this is right and this is wrong. This is holy activity. This is sinful activity. And what confession is in its most basic exercise, confession is to humbly say, I acknowledge that the Word of God is right. I agree with the Word of God. So that when I have a a, a bitter thought towards my fellow man, when I have enmity with my fellow man, and when the Word of God comes and it says that such enmity and such bitterness is sin and is out of step with the moral commandments of God, confession is to say, yes, I agree with that. I agree with that with a note of sadness within my heart that I find such a spirit within me. And that points out also that this confession is made to God. Because it is God's word, it is God's law. And so we say, God, we agree with your word. That when you say something is sinful, we recognize it is sinful. But also, once that vertical confession is made, there is also the horizontal confession confession of sin, so that if we have openly and publicly sinned against our fellow man, we go and we say, you know what, I agree with the word of God, and I've seen that my thoughts and my actions and my words are not holy, are not right, and are not good. So there is the simple explanation of what it means to confess your trespasses, and this ought to be a daily activity for all of us. But what is the importance of it in connection to pray? Now, you might first of all say, well, this is a characteristic of the righteous man. Now, you might say, well, that seems to be a bit unusual. The righteous man is the man who is confessing his trespasses? Yes. The righteous person is the person who is confessing his or her trespasses. But there's also this importance, that confession of sin is a condition to offering prayer. You cannot effectively pray to God without confessing your sins. And you cannot effectively pray for one another if you have enmity and bitterness towards one another. It just simply doesn't work. Out of the same heart cannot come forth thoughts of bitterness towards my fellow man and prayers for my fellow man. At least not proper prayers, not godly prayers. And that's why James, underneath the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, links these two together. And so, people of God, confess your trespasses to God, and if need be, to one another, so that you might effectively pray. Well, what then is the action of prayer? Uh, in our second point, and here you'll notice that there, in our translation, in the English translation, uh, there is this word used in verse 16, pray. Uh, and then there's also another word that is also used in verse 16. Uh, it's translated prayer. So if you look carefully at your Bible uh, this evening, you'll notice that it says, and pray for one another. Now, in the original language, that's, that, that's one word for pray. Uh, and the second time, the sentence says, the effective, fervent prayer... That's a different word. Both of the words are helpful in explaining what prayer is. The first word indicates that to pray, and I'll give you a technical definition, then I'll seek to break it down. To pray is to invoke the divine. 
invoke, boys and girls, just simply means to call upon or to talk to. And so we can accurately say to pray is to talk to God. And boys and girls and young people also, I'm afraid that sometimes we make prayer more complex than it is. And sometimes we make prayer so complex, we find it too hard to engage in. How does this happen? Well, we get this mentality that, oh, I have to use big words in my prayer. I have to use the big theological words. I have to pray like, like the elder does before catechism class. Or I have to pray and it has to sound just like the minister's long prayer during the worship service. And I'm not sure how to do that, so I'm just not going to pray. Prayer is a simple activity of talking to God. Now certainly with humble reverence, but it's just simply thanking God for who he is, just simply telling God that you love him, just simply asking, Lord, would you feed me today? Would you clothe me today? Would you help me at school today? Would you help me with my friends today? Would you help me understand what's going on in my life today? Please keep me from sin, and please forgive me for the sins that I have committed. So my word, especially to young people, is don't make prayer so difficult that you don't engage in it. To pray just simply means to call upon the name of God. But then there's also this other word that's translated prayer, and this points out that there's to be this spirit of, and here again we begin with a technical definition, of beseeching or of imploring, of of begging. And that really gets to what we could say is the heart of prayer. It's a simple exercise. It's a simple activity. But the spirit, the heart in prayer must be that of sincerely, humbly recognizing our need. And so when we think of our daily bread, which Christ taught us to pray for, it's a very simple request, is it not? And and I'm, I'm amazed at the simplicity of the prayer that the Lord gave to the disciples when they said, Lord, Teach us how to pray. He didn't give a a long sermon. He didn't give a a great big long theological treatise. He just simply said, here are six petitions with an appropriate beginning. And just simply say, give us this day our daily bread. But you see, that needs to flow out of the recognition that we need our daily bread. And so in the upcoming weeks and months, as seed is committed into the ground, the prayer ought to be, Lord... We need you to cause it to grow. And as we go about our various vocations, Lord, establish the work of our hands. As we study in school, Lord, give me wisdom. Give me knowledge. Give me understanding. A simple request to God out of a sincere recognition of our need for His provision and for His blessing. But the begging is not like you might... Perhaps, you know, travel to uh, a destitute city and and see an individual uh, who's homeless and doesn't have that which he needs and he cries out and he says, please, please, please. 
But we come and we beg of the Lord, but we beg with humble confidence because of the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ. You might say we beg, but not as beggars. Because we have the status of children. Now, children don't beg. While there might be a, a mother here who says, well, you, know, you haven't seen my children when they want a snack. But it's not begging. It might be pestering. Uh, it, it might be continuing to come again and again and again. But Jesus Christ gave a parable of the persistent widow. And so we as children, we come to our Heavenly Father with the proper spirit of reverence, but we ask again and again and again. Daily. Give us this day our daily bread. And so to pray is simply to call upon the name of God and to earnestly ask Him for that which we need. And so it's quite simple so far. Confess your trespasses and pray with fervent prayers. And what will the result be? Well, we're not left uh, to wonder. Uh, the result, you'll notice uh, here, we're just simply following uh, the text. Uh, the result is two parts. First of all, uh, there is this healing, verse 16, but then also verse 18, uh, the heaven gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. Uh, very quickly, and much has been written, and much could be said about if someone is sick, let him call the elders, and then the anointing with oil. We'll simply condense it down for our purposes this evening. If you find yourself uh, ill, seriously ill, two calls ought to be made. Uh, one call to an elder, the other call to the doctor, and not necessarily in that order. Uh, we do not neglect, or at least we should not neglect, the medical community and the gifts that God has given them. So if we find ourselves serious ill, both of those phone calls are important phone calls for us to make or for our loved ones to make. Call the doctor and call the elder. We call the doctor for the medical treatment, uh, the equivalent of the, of the oil, uh, of healing. Uh, we call the elder so that the elder might pray. And that the elder might also then inform the congregation to pray, understanding that we are not materialists in the sense that we know there is something more. There is a greater power at work in our lives, granting us the physical strength and the healing that we find ourselves in need of. So we don't neglect the medical means, but we don't completely rely only on the medical means. We understand that it is the blessing of the Lord God that gives life and that gives health and that gives peace. Uh, but notice, especially in this connection, uh, as this prayer day service uh, finds itself linked to uh, the springtime and the planting time, uh, there is this fruitful result referring to Elijah. Now, sometimes we might think, well, yeah, Elijah, what a pillar, what a saint, what a man of faith, and indeed he was. But James anticipates that objection. And so James would have us know that Elijah was of the same nature as you and I. You know, boys and girls, uh, there used to be a saying, I don't know how common it is, I'm, I'm finding that some of my sayings that I thought were rather relevant and trendy uh, are not really trendy anymore. There used to be a saying, you'd re refer to some important person, uh, some powerful person, and I can remember my grandfather saying, don't forget, he puts on his pants one leg at a time just like you do. Now, maybe you don't even under, understand what, what I'm trying to refer to, but the point is, the best of men are men at best. You take the most powerful man in the world. In many ways, he's just like you and just like me. And so it was with Elijah. He was a man with our same nature. 
And James does this to encourage us. Elijah prayed fervently. He simply asked God to cause the rain to stop, and it stopped. And then he prayed again, and the heavens opened up, and the rain came down. And this ought to be a great encouragement to us, that when we pray, when we simply call upon the Lord God and in simplicity ask him for that which we stand in need of, we have the assured confidence that he will hear and he will answer. And notice that the heaven gave rain, and the result was earth produced its fruit. Many of you, and here we don't speak just to the young people, we speak also to the entirety congregation. Many of you have, and I consider it a blessing, to live close to the land, to live close to the production of produce, whether that be in the fields or whether that be in the feedlots. Living close to the land, you know the importance of rain. And you might even say the importance of timely rains. And certainly it is the timely rains that brings forth the produce out of the earth, the fruit out of the earth, but it is Almighty God who sends those timely rains in large part in connection to the prayers of the people of God. And so when we fervently, earnestly pray, God gives the rains that produce the produce But notice the result, and here I want to end on a note of encouragement that the Christian life is the good life. And he prayed again, verse 18 says, and the heaven gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. Why does the earth produce fruit? In large part for the sustaining of human life and for the enjoyment of human life. And I I want the young people that are here tonight to know that the Christian life, when it's properly lived, is not a life of gloom and doom. It's a life of joy. It's a life even that has the opportunity, confessing our sins one to another, praying fervently, then to enjoy the good fruit that the earth produces. Psalm 104 speaks of this. The Lord blesses us with bread so that we might have strength and oil for our face and wine that makes the heart glad. Now, we're certainly in no way encouraging the young people to enjoy wine. Not yet. The point is simply this. The Christian can and should enjoy the good fruit with joy and gladness in their heart that is a result of their fervent prayers and the heavenly rains and the earthly produce. And so you might say that our responsibility is threefold. Confess our sins to God and to one another. Pray fervently and receive the abundance of the earth's produce, all as we live humbly with the Lord our God. Let us seek to do just that. Amen. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the simple exercise of prayer. We ask for forgiveness for the times in which we make it so complex that we fail to engage in it. Lord, teach us to simply converse with you with the proper attitude of humility but also with that childlike confidence. And we ask that you would hear our prayers for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ, also in this evening. These things we pray in his name. Amen. As we transition into our service of intercessory prayer, we'll make that transition with a song of preparation. Again, if you'll take your Trinity Psalter hymnal and turn this time to selection 520. Uh, We'll stand, if able, and we'll sing... The three stanzas of selection 520.
Would you join me in our prayer for uh, business and agriculture? Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come to you in prayer. Thank you for providing this avenue by which we can communicate with you. We want to praise you, Father, for who you are, what you have done for us, and all that you continue to do for us each day. You are our great and mighty God and the one who is sovereign over all things. We thank you that you have promised to work all things together for our eternal good if we put our trust in you. So we thank you, Father, for your great love as you have chosen us to be your own. You have provided the gift of salvation for us through the work of your Son and his sacrifice. We thank you, Father, above all else, that your Son gave his life so that we may know the forgiveness of our sins, that we have been made right with you, and that we have that hope, that inheritance of life eternal with you. We thank you, Father, that we can come to you not only with praise and thanksgiving, but also we can lay our needs before you. We thank you, Father, for giving us meaningful work to do, using the talents and the abilities that you have given to each one of us. We pray that as your word encourages us, that we would do our work with all our heart, because we are working for the Lord and not for man. And it's our desire to do that because we know that we will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. So we thank you, Father, that you are our great creator God. Not only have you created us and all things, but you continue to care and provide for all that you have made. We thank you that you are faithful in keeping all the promises that you have made in your word. And we see your faithfulness in blessing us with the seasons of the year. In your word, you have promised that as long as the earth endures, you will continue to bless us with seed time and harvest. We praise you for the beauty of the frost and the snow throughout the winter season, and now we look forward to another springtime season. We thank you that you give new life to the grass, flowers, and trees, and that once again we can enjoy the beauty of your creation that glorifies you. We also look forward to this time when we can go out into the fields to plant the seed. We ask, Father, that you would bless with safety all those who till the soil, plant the seed, and care for it throughout the growing season. You have blessed man with the knowledge and ability to produce excellent seed and chemicals to control weeds and insects for which we are thankful. But only you, Father, can supply the sunshine and the rain to make it grow. We depend on you, Father, to provide sufficient, sufficient sunshine and rain so the crops can grow and mature and that we can look forward to an abundant harvest. So we ask then that whatever the harvest may be, that it would be sufficient to feed the livestock and the people, not only in our country but around the world. Help us to remember that you, the Almighty God, upholds with your hand heaven and earth and all creatures and so rules them that leaf and blade, rain and drought, fruitful and lean years, food and drink, health and sickness, prosperity and poverty, all things, in fact, come to us, not by chance, but from your fatherly hand. We also come to you, Father, to ask for your blessing on all those who are involved in business and industry, 
We ask that you would bless both employer and employee, granting to each one all that they stand in need of. And we pray that you would provide sufficient work, fair wages, favorable working conditions, and a good relationship between employer and employee and with fellow workers. We ask then, Father, that the business and industry in our community would be able to provide the work and the income necessary for the needs of our families and all those involved. Once again, Father, we confess that we depend on you for all that we need. And as we bring our needs before you, we thank you that you have promised to hear us if we pray according to your will and in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, and our Mediator. To you, our Father, belongs eternal praise. Amen. Pray with me for our world, our nation, and our state. Our Father in heaven, we are gathered here tonight as part of the body and flock of Christ. And we lift our prayers to you. You are a gracious God that hears our prayers. And we are humbled by that fact. As we look at our world, we know that in the beginning you created this universe and it was good. You laid the foundations of the earth and it speaks of your glory. The man determined to follow his own way has turned away from your decrees. We see the effects of a broken world all around us. We see leaders in the world who care more about their power than the well-being of their people. But we also know that you are gathering a people for yourself from every tribe and nation and people and tongue. So we pray for the work of your spirit in the people's hearts around the world that your word may go out with power and draw people to their only source of hope, salvation through Jesus Christ alone. We pray for people in areas of the world that are in the middle of unrest in recent months, particularly in Afghanistan and the Ukraine. We pray that you would protect your people, that they would be able to find adequate shelter and food provision and give them strength and courage as they face very fearful situations. And yet, are also helping their neighbors that they do not know. Many this, may, the, may this situation be used by you to further your kingdom in ways we do not understand or see at this time. We pray for relief of efforts taking place in these areas and in various places around the world where people are being displaced. Many, or may the love of Christ be seen as others come alongside them to ease their burdens. May this cause many to cry out to the one true God. And may they come to understand that you are in control of all things and that you are the only source of true peace. And we do not know how, but may you deal with the aggressors in the way that they will know of your presence and sovereign rule and bow the knee to you. We pray for missionaries and support staff around the world as they share the hope of the gospel. We pray for those who help keep lines of communication secure so that many may be able to keep up 
their missionary activity in areas that are hostile to the gospel. Give safe travel to Doug Lemahieu as he returns to Papua New Guinea and soon resume his work at the school and be reunited with Benita and Tia. May the fruit of their many years of service be seen, whether now or in years to come, in the growth of Christianity in the area of the world. We also pray for the fruit to be seen in Central and South America. So we praise you for the interest in the gospel that is being seen in Ecuador, and increased membership at the church plants in that location. We pray for continued growth as you equip future pastors to go out and spread your word to the people in that region of the world. We pray that you would continue to advance the spread of the gospel in Costa Rica and bless the work of Bill Green in that region. May their building project progress smoothly. May the many books that are printed go forth in the Spanish-speaking nations of the world to bring many to Christ as they are able to preach and teach and read for themselves the word of God. Bless the work of Reverend Corsia in Romania and the training of pastors and leaders in Kenya and India and the spread of the gospel over the radio waves in the Middle East. We are also so thankful for the enthusiasm that we hear in many areas of our world as people respond to the call of the gospel by various means. You are faithful to begin that work in the heart of those whom you call, and you will be faithful to bring it to completion. So we pray that you would revive in us here in this nation the desire to read your word and to tell others about you. We live in an area of the world where we have many Bibles on, and books on shelves to help us understand your word to us. And yet they go unread or pushed aside. Forgive us, Lord, and may we humble ourselves before you and acknowledge our lack of trust in you alone. May we return to you and again worship you in spirit and in truth. We pray that you would raise up faithful and godly pastors and teachers and government leaders. We pray for our leaders, which you have given the authority to govern us and the challenges they face on a national, state, and local level. Give wisdom and insight to them as they govern. We see inflation, worker shortages, civil unrest, national disasters, health concerns, and the list goes on. And we can begin to worry or become afraid. Quiet our hearts and help us to always remember that all of these things happen for a purpose and are in your sovereign will, and you use these things to teach us and test us. May we patiently wait on you and trust in you in the various situations that come our way, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. O Lord, our world is in need of a Redeemer who is Jesus Christ, our Lord. We pray for your word to go out. Equip us to bring the good news of the gospel to our families, communities, nation, and world. We say with the hymn writer that we know this is your world. And let us never forget that though the wrong seems off so strong, 
You, O God, are the ruler yet. This is your world. Why should our hearts be sad? The Lord is king, let the heavens ring. God reigns, let the earth be glad. Our hope is in you. Amen. Would you uh, join me in prayer? Our merciful Father in heaven, we call upon your name in the special time of prayer. We bring our petitions for benevolent causes, knowing that you are the God of all glory, power, strength, and wisdom. We pray, Father, that you will make our hearts aware of the needs around us. Each of us has so many needs. Remind us, Lord, to not attempt to fill them on our own, but may we cast all of our cares upon thee. May we also bring our needs to each other so that we can help each other and find the proper balance between asking and working. May we also be looking and be aware that many around us have needs that we can fill. We pray for the diaconal causes both close to home and in the foreign countries of the world. Near to home, we think of the organizations of our town working to promote life and to protect life, such as Pella Pro-Life and Pathways of Pella. Bless those who work in these organizations to promote that life is precious and begins at conception. If it be your will, Lord, please provide lawmakers that will stand up and stop the sin of abortion. And in the meantime, provide workers and staff at Pathways of Pella to work with the young people who might find themselves with an unexpected pregnancy. We pray for their Christian influence so many lives may be changed through these acts of mercy. We pray for the 818 Forward with Faith Home who supports men of our community. We pray for Ryan and Mark and Marcus and Caleb. Protect these men and help them find your will for their life. As well, Lord, we look forward to the opening of a group home for women. How wonderful it is for everyone to have a place that they can call home. And we pray for the work being done through Crossroad Prison Ministries and Divine Hope Reform Bible Seminary. Continue to provide for the instructors that seek to reach out to the incarcerated to reform and change their lives. Grant them courage even through times of discouragement in those places that are hostile and dangerous. We pray that you will be honored and revered in a new way as lives are changed. Let us be reminded of Luke 15, verse 7, where it says, There will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who don't need repentance. Some of our members do work through Bible League and the Gideons. We know, Lord, that you work through mysterious ways, and we pray that through the placement of a Bible in a hotel room, or through a literacy program by a Bible League volunteer that many will be brought into a saving faith. Around the world, we think of organizations like the Middle East Reform Fellowship as they evangelize in places like Egypt and Iraq and Pakistan. Wherever they go, Lord, please provide the way and means to spread the good news through the Middle East. Please add to your kingdom, Lord, through the work of the Holy Spirit, and to change the hearts and witness for you. 
Continue to bless the work of the Lemuels as they labor in Pow Pow, New Guinea with their work with the, Bi the Wycliffe Bible Translation. Comfort the Lemuels family as they grieve the loss of Doug's father recently. And please advance their work and break down language barriers so every man, woman, and child can read and learn from their own Bible in their own language. Be pleased, Father, to use us to advance your ways and through these needs. May we not relinquish to the government or agencies and help us to open our own hearts and hands to use our gifts to bless those in need. Give us correct attitudes in our giving. May we seek your glory, not our own. We pray for the ready and cheerful giving for the service of our members. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us many gifts in diverse areas. May we use them to make a complete body in the church. Help us to expand and advance our skills to make us better servants in your kingdom. May we be a witness with our hands and with our hearts. May we visit those in need and bring compassionate love and care to those that are hurting. We thank you, Father, that you hear our prayers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Join me in prayer as we ask the Lord's blessing on his church and school. Heavenly Father, as we continue to draw near to you, our covenant God, we are confident that you will hear our prayer. For we have a high priest who has sympathized with our weaknesses, who was tempted as we are but did not sin. And we know that Christ is that high priest. Therefore, we come boldly to thy throne of grace asking, that your church around the world might obtain mercy and be granted with the rich measure of your grace in time of need. We are thankful that at the cross, Christ our Savior and King won the war against sin and evil. We ask that you would continue to watch over and protect your church throughout the world. We pray especially this evening for your church in Ukraine as they face added challenges during this time of war they are experiencing. Be with all those who face severe persecution, where our brothers and sisters in Christ gather together in hiding in order to worship you and sing your praises. Keep them steadfast in the faith so that your gospel might be preached in every tongue, in every house, city, and country. Lord, we know from history that often persecution has strengthened your church and that it has given rise to the truth Father, we ask that you continue to protect these believers. We ask as well that you would increase and expand the witness of the Luz de Vida congregation in Ecuador. Give Reverend Landazuri all that he stands in need of to preach the gospel as well as assist in teaching prospective men to spread the gospel in a land full of people in need of living water. Provide for the needs of that congregation as well as the newly formed seminary, both wholly and individually. Continue having your kingdom expand there and grant unto the members of Luz David all they need to aid in that expansion. Lord, we so easily take for granted our freedoms here in this country, so much so that we forget how reliant on you we are. We ask that you would continue to work in the heart of every believer, that you would bring revival to the churches that seem to have fallen into apostasy. 
For there are people of your covenant family in many of these churches, and we ask that you would convict them to call their church leaders to repentance that we might all worship you in spirit and in truth. For your church that has remained faithful, continue to lead them in truth, that they might be a light to those around them. Enable each minister to boldly proclaim the good news of salvation and repentance unto new life. Father, continue to watch over the preaching and teaching of this congregation. We are grateful that you and your rich mercy have provided us a faithful minister of the gospel. Continue to enable reverent lovers to faithfully and boldly proclaim your word to us each Lord's day. Continue to grant Reverend Pontier the strength and desire to assist the elders in providing pastoral care of the con- to the congregation, as well as proclaiming, proclaiming your word, Lord, in your church. We thank you for providing us with faithful Sunday school and catechism instructors, gyms and cadet leaders, youth leaders, those who lead Bible study, as well as those who have been elected to the office of elder and deacon. Bless them as they strive to serve in the capacity you have called each of them to do. We thank you for allowing them time for their busy schedules and giving them the desire to assist parents in teaching our children the Reformed faith as it is taught in your word. Help our children to realize the importance and the understanding of what they are studying throughout the week as they prepare for each Lord's Day. For such knowledge will be needed to carry the precious truths of thy word to the next generation. Lord, you know the needs and struggles of this congregation. We know and believe as our Father you love us. We ask you to bless us as we strive to worship you in a way that is pleasing to you. Father, we ask you to keep our marriages strong as strong marriages produce strong families. Keep each of us steadfast in the faith. Compel us to cast our burdens on Christ, for his yoke is easy and his burden is light. You are the good shepherd, and not only do you know your sheep, but you, with your rod and your staff, walk with each of us over the mountains as well as in the valleys. Lord, help us to count it all joy, for we know that all things work together for the good of those who love you and strive to live for you. Lord, may may the witness of this congregation be a beacon of hope for those whom you have yet to call Let us be a safe haven for the poor in spirit so that more and more might come to know your Son as the one who takes away sin. Heavenly Father, we also ask that you continue to watch over the schools and homes that teach our covenant children. Grant the teachers and the parents wisdom as they aid in teaching each covenant child in a way that is pleasing to you. Help them be godly examples. Give them compassion and patience when interacting with their students. Give the students the ability to learn more about you and all that they study, to be interested in their studies, and to gain skills in communication and responsibility. For these things will be needed for the future service in your kingdom. We ask that you would lead and guide those who have been elected to our school boards, that the education they promote will always be based on your holy word, May you be acknowledged as the author of language, logic, reason, and history, as well as being recognized as the one true creator of the world. Father, equip each one of us for further service in your kingdom. Forgive us of our sin, Lord. Keep us from it. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen.